Hello there, I just wanted to give you a little bit of warning that my microphone quality isn't the best. Um, I don't know what happened, it probably picked up the wrong audio, um, but the good thing is that the majority of the episode isn't me, it's the wonderful guests I had on, um, So and they have incredible uh, mics, so it's all good. So um, enjoy the episode, and uh, yeah, stay tuned. Hello and welcome everyone to First Person Talk. It's the very first episode. I'm very excited. Um, I'm My name's Chris Penwell. I'm a freelance writer uh, for places like GamePer, RetroWare, uh, some Game Daily articles as well. And the whole purpose of this podcast is to uh, talk to people from the video game industry, get their perspective and help them. Um, my, my, my goal for this podcast is to bridge the gap between people who make games or contribute to games and people that are playing them because I don't think there's enough um, information out there for people to understand how hard it is to make a game. Um, but today I am joined by Angela Canapanini. Sorry, I butchered your name. Um, <laughs> um, they're uh, the voice of Sawyer from Boyfriend Dungeon and Karen uh, from the anime Fina uh, Pirate Princess. And also I'm joined by Marion Toro, uh, the voice of Olivia from Boyfriend Dungeon and Nurse Gracie McKee from Empire of Sin. Um, how's it going today? Pretty good. It's going well. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> uh, so introduce yourselves, I guess. Like when did you get into voice acting and uh, what was your gateway into it? Sure. Okay. Uh, I'll go. Um... Well, my intro into voice acting, um, I've only been working professionally in VO for about a year now, which feels both insanely long and also like a second and a blink of an eye, you know? Um, this 2020 in a nutshell on 2020. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, I think I'd always been pretty interested in performance, um, just had never e either felt like... I was kind of that person where, you know, I had that mindset of, well, there are people who are in the arts. And if you are not like, you know, growing up in the arts, if you are, if you don't start from an early age, it's probably too late, which isn't true. Mm. Um, but I didn't really start acting until partway through co college. So I never thought of it as an option. I never considered it as a career. Um, and I, I was in school um, finishing my degree for uh, in public policy, looking to go to law school. And I realized um, I don't want to do this. I, I had started just um, acting in like small projects online and uh, doing a little bit of VO here and there. And I was like, I, I think this is really cool. And um, I remember there was one game in particular. Uh, it was my first proper game that I'd ever been cast in uh, I was also the main character and this game went on to get nominated for a BAFTA oh, like this awesome. this was the little game that could it was amazing it was an amazing <laughs> experience to be a part like it was just great um, but that kind of was a turning point for me uh, I went in to record in studio for that game um, 
wonderful game called Before I Forget. And it was just such a good experience that it kind of changed my view of acting as something that I kind of did to fulfill like that creative outlet um, to sort of give myself room to play. I kind I, I had sort of like a revelation of I think I want to do this as a career. And so started to switch paths. And now I've been doing this professionally for a year and gotten the chance to, you know, be a part of some really cool projects, uh, a lot of which I can't talk about. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's that's me. That's where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And how about you, Mary? Um, for me, I am, I guess, more of the opposite then. <laughs> I've been in voiceover for quite a number of years. I actually um, started in theater when I was nine years old because my mom wanted to make sure that I was you know, in a whole bunch of activities. So <laughs> I actually just fell in love with it and I continued on. And when I went to college, I had to go to a college that had a theater program. So um, I do have uh, two BAs, one in theater and the other in um, English writing uh, from Temple University. I didn't get into voiceover or wanted to get into it really um, I would say like <laughs> 2007 and I really wasn't able to do anything because I didn't have any like voiceover classes at all. Right. It was really sad. Um, they actually had booths after I left, <laughs> after I graduated, which I was a little <laughs> hurt because I was like, hey, that's my money that <laughs> I, <laughs> I paid for that. I, I know um, how you feel because um, <laughs> in my journalism program, I was working on like um building web WordPress articles and all that. And I didn't mm -hmm. get any graphic design experience. And then as yeah. soon as I left, they have the, like this newsroom, they have like computers that have all the software oh. set up. And I'm like, Oh, where was, where Worst was timing. this when I was there? Yeah. So <laughs> I waited um, for you to leave to make it happen. Yes. I know. Oh, I know sometimes <laughs> just, it just in case Temple University, if you're hearing this, I was marrying Bill back then. I would like my money back. Anyways, um, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. But um, yeah, so I, I started taking classes online. I only took three months worth of voiceover classes um, in 2010 and from a, a, a personal voiceover coach. And from there, I will definitely say my number one supporter has been my husband, um, especially when we were dating. He got me a desk. He helped me purchase a laptop, get a micro microphone. And, um, yeah, I kind of had to learn on my own <laughs> in terms of the way a voiceover is now as it's a more accessible, I believe, and more mm -hmm. comprehensive than when I was getting into it, especially since a lot of things were becoming more digital instead of going in person and handing in a cassette or a CD, you know, it was, we're going into MP3s and um, yeah. <laughs> waveforms, mm -hmm. you know, by e email. So, um, with that, I really didn't believe that I could get into voiceover. I started off with some indie projects here and there. And I didn't start taking it seriously really until about 2017. And I was like, okay, I'm going to dedicate myself to, you know, auditioning. And I was doing my day job. It was a lot of burnout. Um, so if anyone is experiencing that, um, that will happen uh, because <laughs> you need to make time where you can to try and auditions, take your classes, um, you know, and just do the grind to really get your you know, set up your brand and get yourself out there. So I would say um, it's kind of like a, a breakout that really got me a lot of um, 
I noticed in a sense was I did some mods for Fallout 3 and Fallout 4, um, and which was pretty cool. And then with um, from 3D and PC. And from there, I, I got an announcement. I was on the game Rush Attack, so that got me a, a lot of a poise. So that helped out a lot <laughs> in terms of it's like, oh, hey, you're so-and-so. I'm like, oh, yeah, yes, I am. Thank you. Um, my, my vocal range is, is fairly wide. So um, I get cast for a lot of different roles, um, young girls, sometimes the mom. Um, I do even boy characters. Soon you'll be hearing some creature voices <laughs> uh, from some upcoming projects. But I really say I didn't start doing voiceover full time until March March 5th this year and right. uh, I have been to Burbank, California twice I'm actually getting a lot of LA work now um, so yeah it's pretty cool so I'm on a, a ton of projects I can't even talk about now so, uh, <laughs> right. so it's like hi I just signed another NDA so with that being said yeah I it's taken a while but um, definitely this is for anyone who um, the, the voiceover journey is different as you clearly heard uh, from both and my dear, I do want to say your name properly. I do not like Anjali. 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 Thank you yep. so much. Gorgeous name. Yeah, no problem. Oh, Thank I you. I love it. Anjali definitely um, pointed out their experience. So I just want everyone to know that everyone experience of voiceover is going to be different. Please don't assume or expect things to happen right away. Sometimes it may, may be an overnight thing and sometimes it may take months, years. But either way, success is when you're doing what you want to do and you are enjoying it. You know, it's not about being famous and having a whole bunch of fans. It's just about, hey, you're doing a great job. People are either saying, hi, thank you for the great job. Or you know what? That's a stamp you can put in your book and being like, I did that. So um, I always just want to put that out there because um, with a lot more people getting into voiceover, I, I think there's a myriad of um, <clears throat> point of views. And so aside from that, I am loving it. I work from my home, my professional home studio. And, and I also have the expensive microphone. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, and so it's great. I can either work from home or work in studio. But either way, um, yeah, I'm, I'm living the dream and I'm enjoying it. I'm loving it. That, that's yeah, no, that's fantastic. Totally... Yeah. It sounds like a really uh, great job. And I personally want to get into voice acting myself one day. But it's always been something that I haven't been able to attain because, like, the microphone, the, you know, um, the access to that technology, I guess, mm-hmm. um, and, like, mic quality. So, I, I don't know. What, what, what would be your suggestions for people who want to get into voice acting? Like, do they have to do a lot of fan dubs on the, the voice acting forums and stuff like that before they get, get like, their big chance? And, like, how do you build that experience? So, well, going uh, off of, Jolly, um, yeah. so going off of what Marion was saying, I think like it's so true that everyone's experiences. I love to hear people's stories. Like I always ask people, what was your story? How'd you get into this? Because it's not really it. Some people maybe uh, when they were like five decided I want to be a voice actor. But most of us didn't imagine we'd be here maybe some people thought they were just going to be an actor period and ended up specializing in VO whatever it might be like it's it's not the kind of career you necessarily like at five years old you know write on your kindergarten like um construction paper what I want to be when I grow up so everyone's story is different and it's really exciting to hear 
how different it can be. Um, and so in that sense, when you're getting started, there is like base advice that I think is probably it can probably be like um, applicable in most situations. But I think also keeping your ear to the ground and like being a you know, being well read and researched about what you need to do is also important. Like Marion was saying, like maybe 10 years ago, there weren't as many resources as there are now. But now the internet is like teeming with information on how to like break into the industry, um, which includes like, what kind of mic should I buy when I'm just starting out? Uh, like Marion was saying, like, we probably have pretty expensive mics that you don't want to buy if you're just getting started in VO because we're both full time. Like, you know, it's your investments increase as you're like um, getting your return with whatever work you're booking. Um, but starting out, I don't know, Marion, what was your first mic? Mine oh, was, I Jesus. think, an AT2020. Um, I had a Behringer M-1, I think. Ooh. Oh my goodness! I feel like these are. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up right now because I I still have it. Uh, my husband um was trying to restore it. I had some issues, so yeah, I had a um, it was either an M or B one. Okay, no, it was a Behringer B one, and then I had a Behringer C one. Um, I I bought a whole bunch of stuff I shouldn't have. <laughs> oh, been there, done that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I would say I got most of my work done off the Shure SM7B. Mm. Um, it's a good mic. Um, I do clearly hear the quality difference. I love what I have now, which is the Sennheiser MKH416. Um, I I believe I sound so much more clearer. <laughs> and um, that was my Christmas present to myself when I got a big big job. So I was just <laughs> like, yeah, a paycheck came in. <laughs> So no 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 um but I would say keep keep the equipment because you know even when you're doing um because I didn't feel like switching out my mics but if you're just doing something simple um you know there's microphones that are a lot cheaper than obviously the Shure um because if you're gonna get a Shure SM7B please get a a clout lifter because the microphone is not it does not pick up enough of your voice and you will need a cloud lifter for that clarity just saying so you're already at that point spending a, about seven hundred dollars so <laughs> and for reference and the like expensive mics that marion and i have i have a neumann tlm 103 yeah, um girl. our mics are about a thousand to eleven hundred yep. i would say on average if you try to buy them but they're also industry standard like they yes. are like the go-to that studios will ask for um if you're recording from home mm -hmm. cool that, but, um, starting out i would say uh there are some mics that like are you know very much uh beginner mics that um aren't the best quality uh but i've heard the blue yeti is a trap on. what was that mm -hmm. i've heard the blue yeti is a trap I think, okay, well, it depends on what you want to use it for. If you're using yeah. it to practice and to train, it's fine. If you're using it because you want to start booking work, most, like, in this day and age, you're competing with, like, everyone who has, like, an internet connection and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, enough to spend on maybe, like, a $200 mic. Like, you're competing with them and people can compare audio quality super easily. So... 
if you're looking to book work, I think, you know, you got to treat it like an investment uh, to like get your money back by booking. So again, just depends on what you need. If you're in the training phase though, you don't, you don't need to jump the gun. Um, I think being in the training phase is like such a crucial period, but I think people get excited and want to skip ahead and want to like buy their thousand dollar mics first thing before they've ever taken an acting class or a voice acting class and that always I'm like no no please just take a step back there's no rush you know that Neumann or Sennheiser will be there when you've had some experience and you can really use it and like get its money's worth you know exactly yeah yeah you want to make sure you're stable first before you uh invest heavily right so and just and really just put it out there um if if you're you're good in terms of your skills and your delivery like what they're looking for in terms of the um and when i say the voice i mean like the character that you're auditioning for i'll say this right now it won't necessarily matter because you're gonna have to outweigh the benefit here if you have a subpar mic but you, they have a wonderful audio engineer. <laughs> yeah. And I hate to put the work on audio engineer. But if you're really good, they'll make it work. <laughs> VO Twitter definitely taught me like half of what I needed to get started. Um, and was like such a good resource and way of like connecting with people who like just had seemed to have so many answers to questions I hadn't even thought of. Mm-hmm. And like great, great supportive people. So yes. Get on social media, connect with people, um, yes. get to know other actors because they they know they're actors. They know how they got to where they are. So they can probably help you figure out what you need to be doing or at the very least, you know, observe and learn and like, um, you know, let them lead by example and figure out what it is you need to do to get to where they are, mm-hmm. I think is like just the best way to go about it. Um, and I've heard also... Um, when, when I had an interview with Paul Castro Jr., he said that the people you're competing against in uh, in auditions, they're also going to help you because they'll know oh, yeah. Yeah. what your voice is like. Um, some people during audition, like when they're actually doing the role, they're like, oh, I actually am not good for this role. I'm not the perfect range for this, but I know someone who does have this yeah. range, you know? Um, and I thought that was interesting. Um you can read that interview at gamedaily.biz, by the way. So it's a, it was a very interesting talk. And this is an interesting talk as well. Um, but I, I do want to talk about Boyfriend Dungeon as that just came out. Um, so explain to everyone why, well, what is Boyfriend Dungeon and why sh- people should check it out. Sure. So Boyfriend Dungeon is a very cool game that just came out. Um, it is a dungeon crawler slash dating sim. It's 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 uh, it's something new and different um, where you have the option of dating your weapons, um, which is, a, to me, a pretty cool concept. Uh, and you have a lot of different uh, characters to meet, um, a couple of which... Uh, you know, their voices might sound familiar after listening <laughs> to this interview. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, I I play Sawyer. Marion plays Olivia. Um, yeah. Marion, do you want to add anything? Uh, that was a very, very condensed summary. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a dating sim. 
<laughs> you know, um, as the saying goes, um, the couple that slays together stays together. So, um... <laughs> That's actually what happened. That's the actual mechanic in the game as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, you know, just reading i had to read on my character because i remember some of the lines you know more like welcome to kicks uh i don't sound that young actually um but i <laughs> but, i feel like uh, this speaks to the fact that like in vo you'll record for something and mm-hmm. it'll come out a year later <laughs> and then you're right. like scrambling to be like i definitely remember everything about this <laughs> let me talk about it yes i I'm not going to deny it. I did have to uh, look up some things. I'm like, wait, hold on. Let me just. uh... Oh, yes. Um, I will say, I mean, first off, I love the visuals. The visuals are gorgeous. I love Mm -hmm. the designs. Uh, The music is awesome. And uh, for me, I'm. Those aren't my usual type of games that I play. I usually do more puzzles and um, like versus games. However, I do really enjoy just a variety of characters and that I just want folks to remember one game is not going to reflect everything (laughs) in the world. You know, again, we all have our point of views. We all have our, um, you know, our 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 own opinions and i will just say again i haven't uh yet played it um it's on steam that my husband had downloaded the game from so i need to uh i guess essentially get it on my own because i can't play on his computer (laughs) and so uh but i i really like this the different choices especially when we were doing the um the live stream uh, yeah. just uh, this past weekend with Victoria. And I'm really getting to see a lot of these choices and some interesting conversations that happens between the characters. And I I love that it's, um, there's a lot of uh, modern, uh, you know, cows uh, I can't even say talk right now, but modern uh, situations, you know, when yes. you're talking to someone over the phone or, um, you know, you got to go to the mall and meet folks. But um, I I will say there are some blast from the past type of references in there. And I'm just like, oh, I feel like my 90s kid years <laughs> are coming back. And, and so I, I was like, oh, this is this is fun and adorable. And I love the creep the creativeness in terms of um, a lot of the um the pop words that they use there you're like dungeon you're going to the dungeon i'm like oh that's cute (laughs) like (laughs) we're gonna call dungeon something cute like oh let's go into the dungeon just like fight you know and i'm (laughs) i was like all right i'm i'm feeling a bit like the world of clueless right now like oh yeah like you have to go here you need to do this wear this talk to this person you know get your social life on and (laughs) so i (laughs) like as you can see that's a huge influence on me um but yeah that's from what i see it's it's fun um you know can get into some hairy situations maybe but uh of course there's choices there's always choices so remember Uh, the adventure is yours like some sort of 90s PSA. Uh, so, um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's how I see it for Boyfriend Dungeon. I think it's really cool. Um, what I like about yeah. this dating sim as well is that some of the characters know their boundaries. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. and, and I like how some of the relationships can be platonic as well as romantic. So you can decide between that. So I thought that was very modern in terms of like how relationships actually work in the 21st century. And um, yeah, like I also love the representation game. Like, what was it like to play characters that have similar sexualities and genders to you in uh, Boyfriend Dungeon? 
I thought it was really cool. Um, I think Sawyer is such a great character. It's such a He's dork. so adorable. Oh, my <laughs> God. Um, I, I'm glad. I, I was like, I was told this character is very adorable. I was like, I'm going to channel that as much as I can. Um, but they, I mean, I recorded uh, Sawyer while I was still in school. I was a college student. Um, oh. I recorded last summer. Uh, I just finished my degree in May. Um, but I, you know, I really felt Sawyer. I was like, I am, <laughs> I am definitely awkward and like, yeah, yeah. Like, I related to Sawyer so much. So I was like, I'm going to channel that and just as much of like this dorky energy as possible because they were just such a fun character. And I think I think one great thing about Sawyer is they are non-binary and that's like a great aspect to the game to include that. But that's at the true. same time, yeah. they're such a great fully fleshed out character that that's just something about them. It's not like you know, the definitive Sawyer experience is that they're non-binary. It's that, you know, they happen to be non-binary, but there are also all these other things, which is, like, really fun. And um, so I I really like that. And I think that that the... Blah, blah, blah. blah. I think that the interactions that... um, the game allows between uh, Sawyer and the player, like, I I think there are just some really great moments in there um, that I think are the result of um, good storytelling and, uh, you know, the developers really taking the time to handle the story carefully and, um, you know, working on representation and inclusion from the perspective of this is just a type, this is just a kind of person that's out in the world and let's have them be in the game because, you know, people would interact with this kind of person out in their real lives. So why not here? Um, which I think is a great perspective to take on yeah. uh, diversity in gaming. And something that I don't like about representation in some media is that it's all overblown. It's like it's becomes the main focus of the story sometimes, and sometimes that's good. But sometimes it's not. It it, it doesn't. It, you know what I mean? Like it's not. It can feel tokenizing sometimes. Yeah, that's it. That's that's perfect. These are written so naturally um and i i really liked that aspect of, of the game personally how it was written um by the way i did receive a review code of the game just wanted to put it out there um <laughs> but marion um can you tell me about your experience with boyfriend dungeon and um if this is a good positive representation of lgbtq plus community so um just from the little bit I've been able to play, I I guess in, in my opinion, I haven't seen anything, um, I guess, that would kind of blemish it for me. However, right. I do understand and totally relate to the tokenism that is just like guys <laughs> if if it's if it occurs then that's cool you know but nothing should ever feel forced like oh it has to be this person has to be this way or another right. like it just it's part of the story but it's not the story <laughs> which is really nice and i'm um and I'm, I'm pansexual so for me i don't i'm starting to see a more characters who are pan and I believe in the, uh, it was a show called iCarly. Um, it's like some, the 
we were kids before in the Nickelodeon show and that they're adult versions of themselves. And oh my gosh, there's a character in iCarly Pan? Wait. Yeah, there there is. Um the black girl. I I, I felt awful because I don't know. I just you know, the internet. Um I know but, nothing about the reboot, but that's crazy. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, the reboot. And so with that being said, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Like I actually now like want to watch it because I'm like, oh, I feel so related because I came out mad late, like twenty eighteen. And I saying coming out, I still haven't been able to come out. So uh, just yeah. on Twitter so far. Ha ha. Um, and the so internet like, isn't real. 2020. Here as well. 2020. Eventually I'll be like, you know what? Screw it. Like, what does that even mean? Like, oh, you want to know? Like, yeah, just freak people out, whatever. <laughs> Get a rise out of them. But um, for, with Boyfriend Dungeon, I, um, I, I don't, I don't know of any Panther characters, but I, I don't, feel like, I don't think so actually now yeah. thinking about it, but and, and that's fine yeah. you know again as i said before it's all right if not everyone at the you know you can only do so much and we don't want to begin to tokenize like oh now we got this person in here like no if the characters aren't that way it's totally fine um but in for the lgbtq plus community and video games i am so happy that it's it's growing it really is. And I can tell you right now, there's a lot of projects out there that those casting calls, oh man, they are looking for us. And I am stoked. So all I can really say is um, I'm so happy that Boyfriend Dungeon is out um, and that you're starting to just see even more representation. And again, it's uh, I, I want it to just be like any other game that comes out. It's like, hi, here's a game that came out with characters. Voila. And you know, even it's in a big game. Even in big games, we see yeah. Tracer from Overwatch. We see mm-hmm. Last of Us Part Two's mm-hmm. Lev. Like I think there's a lot of representation. But do do you think there's more to work on with that? Or? I mean, I was just about to say that. Like I think you know, indie developers, um, a lot of indie queer devs specifically have been putting a lot of great content out there for mm-hmm. so long and i think you know it's starting to pick up steam in like um bigger mainstream titles and so like that's really exciting i think about where we can improve i it, it's it's hard because on the one hand i think like people are making such great content on the indie level that i want these um games these developers to get more and more attention but i also think that like there needs to there needs to be movement on like um in like triple a to like you know get more of a reach there's just more visibility there um yeah the last of us came to mind overwatch like the Mm -hmm. like I think those are huge leaps forward. I I don't know personally how those changes, those improvements happen aside from people doing the good work um, on the ground and consistently putting out content that pushes the boundary further and further um, until we get to a point where, you know, people are more willing to take the chance because I think right now people just see it as a risk you know yeah. they're when they're working on content like yeah. it is a potential risk that will turn people away and so it, it's about normalizing things and i think um indie developers have just been doing so much of that for so long and being yeah. such incredible 
advocates and allies, but also so many of them are queer developers that are putting their own content out there and just being amazing. That like, Mm -hmm. I I think, yeah, again, I don't know. I don't really have a personal solution, but (laughs) I think that um, we're getting there. If that's, you know, any kind of, you know, consolation, those are kind of useless words, but like, (laughs) I think it's happening slowly. So I'm glad to see that progress. And at least it's happening and it shouldn't be, first, it shouldn't be seen as a risk and it shouldn't be seen as a trend. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's going on, uh, you know, just furthering that conversation um, in terms of, yes, a lot of uh, queer indie developers are doing it. And they should get the same amount of spotlight as any of these big name AAA games because they're they're also doing the work and they're doing it with less resources and not as much money. And so it's like, hey, they got they did this, they did this amazing work. And yet now we're hearing that some of these bigger name companies, it's like they are like dogging out <laughs> like a lot of their workers and it's just like you don't even have to I don't know what's going on over there but yeah like fix it and also being in a position of power being in positions to make decisions um so I feel that we still need to expand that and for me that just it does it transverses even with LGBTQ plus you know be in those positions of making decisions and positions of power and I also you know relate that to you know um, people of color as well so I'm just like hey look (laughs) all these things can happen simultaneously actually it's not about oh wait your turn like no we can do this it can all happen at once. Uh, again, even if it is moving slowly, at least we are moving forward because this has just been, I mean, just with getting, uh, you know, rights and being properly recognized and acknowledged, you know, it it does mean a lot to know that the real fight that's going on out there in terms of, you know, having a family, um, having insurance, you know, being with the person that you love, um, and just simply just being yourself and walking outside your house without being attacked, it should be the same way for video games. And yes, even in that, in that in those terms, normalizing it again, it's like when the game comes out and it just happens to have someone who's queer in it, you don't be like, oh my goodness, you know, whether it's a good, oh my goodness, or ooh, like, I don't know about that. Okay, well, guess what? If it's not about you and <laughs> and it may not be for you, it's totally fine. You know, you have all these other games and nothing is um, being overlapped, you know? It's just that there's room for, for the space to grow and it rightfully so. So yeah, definitely um, please continue to have more spotlight and more recognition for the indie gamers because uh, yeah, it's getting done and it's getting a lot of rightful attention you know everything mm-hmm. is deserved and i think like from our perspective too we're kind of on the outside of it because i mean we're not game developers but we yeah. kind of <laughs> see the side effects of like you know what kind of work they're doing um so at the very least like we have the perspective of what kind of auditions are we seeing like what kind of characters hmm. are we seeing in these games um being highlighted and like we we know we see the patterns of um you know oftentimes you have um 
queer characters and characters of color tending to be minor characters, uh, supporting characters, antagonists. You know, it's rare to see characters that are diverse um, really taking a leading role. And so in the instances that I've seen that, that has just brought like so much like hope for the direction we're heading and like I just it's it's so easy for me to get excited about that like I I'm I I don't really I um I fully started uh The Last of Us because I found out about Ellie 100% that was my only motivation I'm gonna be really (laughs) honest and like that's the case for like a lot of things where I'll be like if they're is a character that is queer in this if there's a character that's like indian because i'm indian in this i'll probably start it i'll give it a chance and i'll i'll because i want to support that content and i want to like um <laughs> i want this to continue to happen so that's that's really exciting for me cool um i i totally agree with your points and i i, I love that we're seeing more diverse characters and more diverse developers out there and voice actors because it that makes the get games even more interesting you know like if yeah. they're more diverse then there's more um ideas out there you know for characters um so um a few more things sorry i know we're going a bit long um but <laughs> no you're totally good um are there any uh, like uh, when you're reading a script like how does the voice come out like how does the personality and bio of a character in your audition create that voice for you? Mm. I think it, uh, I don't know if you have an answer immediately, Marion, but I was just really quick going to say, I think it depends if there is character art or not. Um, mm. Because right. for me, if there is character art, I can almost immediately figure out the voice for that character. Maybe not always, but maybe it like takes a little bit more working through the script. Mm-hmm. But usually, if I see the character art, I have a pretty good idea of where I'm going to end up uh, voice print-wise. So how did you um, do it with uh, Sawyer? Um, For Sawyer, I could tell, even before I was told, uh, that Sawyer was like this kind of adorable um, <laughs> person. Uh, kind of young, but like excitable was the vibe that I got. Um, and so that was, that was really the like image I had in mind. And I think maybe we tweaked a little with the actual, uh, voice. I'm trying to remember. Um, but for the most part, Sawyer's voice is fairly close to mine. Um, if upping that like awkward quality so yeah i think um i think the image definitely lent itself to figuring out where sawyer was as a character um because because i think that just speaks to the fact that like whether it's in video games or animation or whatever like creators are very intentional in how a character looks to some extent it will communicate you know, information about that character and their personality. And so I 100% try to take advantage of that whenever I get an audition. Cool. And uh, for you, Mary? I <laughs> I didn't get any character art, so. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah, so for me, I um, usually in terms when I don't get character art, I have to read the description of the character's personality. And then I like to read the dialogue that they have. From there, um, I'm a huge movie buff, um, and I love like 
TV shows and um, I, I like to pull a lot of that and from the books that I've read, especially if it's a book that turned into a movie. And um, from there, because I have such a huge vocal range, I'm trying to get into the personality. So if I feel like the character is more like lofty or um, <laughs> or mm-hmm. like, oh, down to earth, that type of thing, like they're, they're not hyper. So I know not to talk very fast because I'm an extremely fast talker. So I always try to figure out, I do have a lot of personality types with the different voices that I use. So I'm always trying to, um, if I want to try different, slight personality types that's when you'll get different voices from me um but then if I feel like I know exactly what I want um this character to sound like and then I'm gonna play off the different emotions in that and then I can do that again based off of the dialogue like how do I believe um this dialogue is being executed who are they talking to where are they what's the situation right uh, so it's a lot of uh you know a breakdown of yeah, it's like yeah, it's a lot of breakdown of that, and it's and actually, you know, once you get really good at it, you you do it within a matter of like seconds, and, and you know, and they really in a few minutes or so, you're like okay, and then you just kind of go in there, see how it sounds, um, and that's definitely what I did with uh, Olivia because I'm like wait, I and also I wasn't used to using my normal sounding voice. I've had to in voiceover. Um, I have to change my voice sometimes. And I, I just do it personally because when I initially got into voiceover, it was mainly because I wasn't getting hired in theater because my voice didn't match my body type. Because apparently the way I look, you would not expect this voice to come out of it. Haha, ha, me. So I was like, you know what? Just play her normal. I don't ever get to play my normal voice. And um, she's happy. She's go lucky. I used to go to cat cafes all the time when I lived in China. Um, so oh. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Welcome to Kicks. And our, you know, what's it? Per- Paradise Lost. But I was like, purred. I was like, I know how to purr. So I, <laughs> that's how I, I thought about it. And um, also when uh, she sees a certain someone, you know, she's like, oh my God, it's you. And I know how. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and I know how excitable I get because I've met a lot of famous people. Um, and I do hold that in, by the way. So if I met you, famous person, it's, it's inside. <laughs> But I'm totally feeling like a little girl. Like, oh my God. Hey, did you do so, that with? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, actually, I can't wait to do it with a certain someone. That's if I go to NYAB post, that's the goal. Um, but I'll leave it at that. And so that's how I, I came up with Olivia. I just was like, just be my energetic self. Um, my husband just laughed at me. He was like, wow, that just sounds like you. I was like, yeah, it, it is me. Olivia's me. <laughs> Except for being super um, creepish and stalkery i am not like that i that's kind of how i got my husband but that's not the point so yeah (laughs) if it's any consolation marion i just remembered i also didn't get character art but the game had been like you know in development for a while so Mm -hmm. i like found character art out (gasps) on the internet somewhere yeah yeah yeah. somewhere like in promotion or something (laughs) so i got lucky usually (laughs) usually when you're getting auditions especially if it's like from an agent or something like Mm -hmm. not in this case but you're half the time you don't know what you're auditioning for so you can't really look stuff up at all but when you can use the internet you know yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh so 
Are there any details about your characters, Sawyer and Olivia, that we don't know about from the game? Oh, hmm. Don't know about from the game. Let me think. I know you haven't played it, Marion, so I don't know what you... Uh, I mean, I know what my character looks like, though. Yes, yes. If that helps. <laughs> she, I mean, I like her outfit. I, I totally dressed like that when I was in school. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, def. Like, the jacket with the pants. Um, so a lot of people don't know about my nerd life, but I do watch anime, and I do have a lot of pins from the conventions that I've gone to, mainly cool. Otakon and PAX. But, um... Yeah, I I love that she's she looks like a blurred. I'm a blurred. I've, I <laughs> I I think that's a cute little term. I wish I had that growing up, instead of getting picked on. Um, but <laughs> I I legit wore that outfit <laughs> minus the hat. I really didn't wear <laughs> caps. Um, I don't like the brim. It presses on my forehead. But I, I wear busboy hats. I still have them from the early two thousands because that was a thing, and um. No, I just I again I like her excitability. Um, she does seem sincere when she does have to apologize. Yeah. Um, and honestly, for me, I do feel like she's a bit of my personality. So, uh, for someone like I said, I I I was I grew up as the nerdy black girl. Um, we weren't exactly like the happening type <laughs> back in the day, and so it's just really cool to see a part of that representation out in there and what like I said what I can remember from my lines and some of the video I saw on YouTube um, I, I'm i like oh you know what she's going to relate to a lot of um, girls like me out there um, who are either in middle school or high school um, and even in college maybe and so it like I said it's just really nice to see that representation and it's not because she's the butt of the joke or getting picked on so <laughs> kind of the opposite of that Marion I oh also I'm going off of the same information you have about the game so <laughs> this is always great um but kind of the opposite of that opposite of that I think um Sawyer dresses like the exact opposite of how I would ever dress um it's funny, and I don't know what this is about me, but I feel like I'm somewhere in the middle between Sawyer and Rowan because I feel like I dress like Rowan, <laughs> but I, but personality-wise, I feel like I'm like awkward like Sawyer is. So I'm not, I'm not as cool as Rowan is. I don't think I'm like that at all. But um, yeah, so that's like a fun medium where I think I sit. <laughs> Um, but hey, all I can say about that is, uh, non-binary representation. There you go. You don't need to have just one type of character because yeah. I relate to them all. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, I'm trying to think, Ooh, stuff that, uh, you wouldn't know from the game. I think probably the only thing I could give you like as insight for that is like what was going through my head when I was recording because... Mm-hmm. That'd be um, interesting. That'd be very interesting. Yeah, because I think Marion can tell you, I don't think we get generally a lot of information Mm-mm. about characters in most any game we play. We play oh, really? uh, record for. Yeah. No, no we. There, <laughs> there are projects where I won't know the name of my character. I won't know what my character looks like. What? I won't know my character's age. I will know the absolute bare minimum. Mm-hmm. Uh, that wasn't the case here, but it's happened. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, sometimes you just don't know and you just play to the scene. Um, 
But for Sawyer, I feel like pretty much everything I was told has been communicated through the game. But I think when I was recording, I don't know, I was really channeling that I'm late for my, like, sophomore (laughs) year econ class that I didn't want to take, but it's a requirement uh, kind of feeling. Like, I hope that is what people are getting because oh, yeah. that's really what I was going yeah. for. That was honestly probably the gist of my mindset throughout recording. So, um, yeah, that's, yeah, I guess that's something you might not know. I remember a story point where uh, they were saying that there was a class they didn't want to take. <laughs> so that makes sense. Was that sense. an actual line? I don't I even remember. So. That's just, I, I think okay. so. Yeah, I think I remember. <laughs> Um, I, I relate to that. Like, <laughs> think, again, thanks, Temple, making me take classes I didn't need to take. <laughs> I oh don't want goodness. this class. I, yep. <laughs> Completely get it. So last question for you. Um, would you love to do a, a, record a sequel to Boyfriend Dungeon where, you know, it's set a year after the events of the first game? Like, would you like to see that? And how do you think your character would grow in that time frame? Oh, Yeah. That would be really cool. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that. Um, I'm curious. I think Sawyer is at a point in their life where, similar to me, because uh, we're not that far in age, like, I think it's a very malleable time of life where, yes. you know, you can grow a lot in a year. Um, and Sawyer's not immature, but I think they're definitely finding themselves. So... I'm I'm not sure where they were where they would be in a year. But it's interesting because they what what I like about their character is that they just came out, you know? So mm. they're they're experiencing that as Everything well. Everything is new yeah. and shiny right now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so very very curious to see what they would look like. Um just more settled into their own skin, you know? I yeah. think that would be really cool. And yeah. what's about Olivia? How how do you think uh, they um I, she would grow? Um, I hope Olivia, um, in certain areas, I hope she matures, um, in terms of her interactions and, you know, just understand, um, nothing wrong with getting excited, but also know when to have some decorum, you know, hold back (laughs) and not just, um, out of self-discipline but out of respect for whomever they're interacting with because for me I just feel that um I feel like I have grown from my 20s I actually saw a video I recorded of myself and I'm gonna be very honest with you my husband loves me because I feel like I was a pain in the butt in my early 20s <laughs> <laughs> so- I'm like, oh no, I don't like myself. Um, and I feel like I, I have grown a lot, um, especially in terms of decision decision making and just uh, really taking my time, not being impulsive. So with Olivia, like I said, I remember her being um, impulsive, like very excited. I do feel like she was sincere. And uh, um, I think she was very honest with her emotion. But sometimes you have to understand at whose expense you're being honest um about your emotions too and you just have to have some again some some decorum and some self-discipline nothing wrong with being excited and being happy but when i guess it's towards someone else or somebody else is within your company uh just be mindful so yeah um i i just hope that 
she can mature in that way. Should there be a boyfriend dungeon too? And um, hey, you never know. Maybe she's running her own cat cafe. Or yeah, it, it would be interesting if she isn't. becomes uh, available. <laughs> date herself. Um, Ooh, herself right? That would be so cool. Who wants to that date? That would be really yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, now I'm sad. Are there any interactions with her and Sawyer? Now I'm just like... I think yes, there, is. there is. Well, I think I'm like begging you to like give Help. me a free yeah. meal or something. Oh, no! <laughs> I might be totally wrong. I think so. I think that's something that happened. Yeah, that, that happened for sure. <laughs> yeah, and then... <laughs> and also the second one was where you were working on a college project together I think. Mm. Oh, okay well yeah. all right so now that that is something i look forward to then because i want to <laughs> see that whole uh we, i think we were out. former co-workers so <gasps> yes. you know what? i want to see yeah. more of that maybe <laughs> sawyer goes back to work there again and maybe we i don't know I, I, let's see more interaction between yeah. Sawyer and Olivia. I think that would be great. It'd be so good <laughs> if Sawyer just becomes this chef. <laughs> oh, that would be what decent. a turn of events! No one's quite coming. Yeah, Make yeah. the cat pancakes. They have to have the kitty whiskers. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> oh, so on that happy note, um, tell me what projects you have in store. I know you have a lot of under NDA. So I don't want to even touch that, but just let me know what's up with your life and where can people find you online? Well, pretty much everything, like you said, is under NDA, but right now uh, I have a show that is airing, um, Fena Pirate Princess on uh, uh, Adult Swim or Toonami. So yeah, uh, people should check that out. Um, It's also on Crunchyroll. Uh, And you can find me... Just pretty much on Twitter, um, at Here Lies Anjali, uh, Morbid, I know. But yeah, just pretty much on Twitter. I have an Instagram, at Anjali underscore S underscore K, but it's kind of dead. So catch me on Twitter. I'll, I'll talk <laughs> to you there. <laughs> and um, you can catch a lot of my work on my website, MarianToro.com. I'm also on Twitter, at Marion Toro, V as in Victor, A as in Apple. And um, yeah, I'm in Boyfriend Dungeon, guys, as Olivia. Um, upcoming mobile game called Panic Gem Odyssey. Probably won't be out until later this year. Sorry, but I'll be in there. Um, I, I, I'm also in Empire Sin uh, by Romero Games, which is, um, I, I voice Nurse Gracie McKee. That's on PS4, uh, PC, Mac, Xbox, Nintendo Switch. Um, also, there's a demo that my uh, video game demo my husband is working on. I'm so proud of him. He's done all the artwork and mechanics and all that stuff. And we have a gorgeous cast of voice actors. Um, it's called Emergency Monster Team. And I voice Nadelle Pierce, who's the head charge nurse, uh, and a few other characters. Um, um, as far as podcast, I am on pinna.fm. Um, and you can hear me as Judge Foodie on Food Crimes and as a plethora of characters in Grim Grimmer Grimmest Season 3. And I have a lot of other stuff coming up, so stay tuned. And, uh, yeah, so. <laughs> and you're on Indigo 7 as well, which just came out. On yes, and Indigo, oh my God, yes. In Indigo 7, Quest for Love, I voice uh, one of the main baddies, Vamp Irella. You will hear my laugh, which I'll do right now, so cover your ears. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so yes, you, oh, um, you're going to hate her after a while. <laughs> but no, she's awesome. But the yeah, music's fun. It's a, a puzzle game that deals with uh, colors. And uh, yes, go out and enjoy that. That's also on Nintendo Switch, um, Xbox, PS4, and 5, and Vita. Vita, wow. Yeah, I know, right? Wow. <laughs> oh, Vita. Ten-year-old platform still going on. It's going on strong. It's awesome. Um, as for me, you can find me at Penwell Writes on Twitter. You can find my written work on Retroware, Gamepur, all sorts of places. I'm everywhere. <laughs> I'm trying to be everywhere, you know. It's, it's very tough. Um, but, yeah, yeah, um, thank you so much for listening to the first episode. Thank you so much. Um, for joining me today um, I really appreciate you coming on talking about your work voice acting LGBTQ representation I just really appreciate your thoughts on um, everything and uh, I, I think the listeners will enjoy it as well absolutely yes. thank you for having us for this first episode what an honor and thank you for being such a gracious host it's been great yeah yeah I, thank you so much <laughs> the, the whole the whole thing of this podcast is like I want it to be conversational Yes. And I think it's just so fun just to have conversations about stuff you're passionate yeah. about, you know. So um, hopefully this is a podcast that grows and people like. And um, if you like, you can give it a review on um, Apple Podcasts now. You can, um, yeah, just subscribe. Whatever you do on Apple and Google, I don't know. <laughs> I'm out of touch. But, um, yeah, um, let me know what you think. And uh, we'll I'll see you uh, next week with another episode. Bye now. Bye.